Another year, another Halloween season. Man, there's nothing really out that looks all that interesting. I mean, there's that really scary-looking Adam's Family 2 movie, but I don't mean actually scary. I mean that animation looks horrible. There's Last Night in Soho, but that doesn't come out till the end of October. There's another Halloween movie out. Oh boy, I've summoned him, haven't I? It's the night he came home, Hayden. Hello, Brian. Welcome back to the podcast. It's the night he came home. I, I would have actually preferred if Charles showed up for this one. Fuck that guy. Because Charles knows more about the Halloween franchise. Oh, yeah, does he? Does he? Yeah, he's seen all the movies. I've seen them all at least twice. At least twice? I bet Charles has seen them at least three times. Yeah, but uh, I'm cooler. Okay, I guess I can't argue with that logic, but... Well, Brian, welcome back. It's It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. I mean, it, it hasn't been a while. It's been since August. Like, we just kind of uh, rushed through September. Malignant was the last one, I think. I think or, that, No, we didn't do Malignant. We didn't do Malignant, no. Candyman. We did Candyman. Yeah, that was it. But um, welcome back to Hayden's Entertainment Hour. Today, we're going to be talking about the brand new Halloween sequel that was delayed because of COVID several times, Halloween Kills. We're doing the Halloween sequel? Yeah, we're doing the Halloween sequel. I thought we were going to be doing a Friday the 13th retrospective. Oh, that's right. I had that scheduled before this. Well, scratch that. This is the Friday the 13th retrospective yeah. review. Uh, oh, wait. I haven't seen the Friday the 13th Oh, dude. I have a, a whole Blu-ray box set if you want to borrow it. Oh, well, I'll just borrow it right now. But we could just talk about Halloween Kills because I know we've both seen it and push that retrospective off. Yeah. Yeah, might as well do that. So, today we're here to talk about Halloween Kills. Like we said, the direct sequel that was delayed forever. And I wanted to bring somebody on that is a big fan of the Halloween franchise. I'm not. And I, oh, that's right. You don't like <laughs> Halloween at all. Um, and Brian is the biggest Halloween fan that I know out of any friends that I know. And Brian, if you want to give like your history of why you love the Halloween franchise, how you started off with it and stuff, what made you love this slasher franchise? Uh, so basically it started out uh, when I was about 12, maybe younger, maybe older. I think I was about 12, though. Um, I was sitting in my living room and I just heard my dad yell from his bedroom or from my parents' bedroom, uh, that Halloween is on AMC. And I, you know, I switched it over or one of us switched it over to that and started watching it. And I've been hooked ever since. Um, it's, you know, I try to at least watch them every Halloween se- or watch at least the first one every Halloween season. Like I said, I've seen all of them at least once um, in my life, and some of them are better than others. Yeah, um, I have a very, you know, um, my my history with the franchise is that I generally like them all um, up until my recent rewatch where I decided, oh, I like most of them except for the fucking Rob Zombie ones. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you recently did do, uh, I did a Bond marathon, you did a Halloween marathon of yes. all the movies too. One just... of us watched less movies. Yeah. Um, and so the Halloween franchise is obviously one of Brian's favorites, and I thought, well, why not bring him on to talk about his favorite franchise? Because mm-hmm. at least his kind of has more positivity in its future than mine. Mine is currently, my favorite franchise of Star Wars is currently kind of gripped by Mickey Mouse right now, and I don't know what's going to happen with that going forward. Forward, but nothing. um yeah probably nothing to be honest but halloween is under jason blum's thumb which you and i both don't like jason blum we don't like blumhouse in general yeah because most of the blumhouse movies we've seen have been bad we saw yep. fantasy island not good we saw uh black christmas black christmas which most people who listen to the podcast know my fucking uh history with that shit yep shitty movie it's a bad movie uh halloween 
2018, uh, my history with that movie is a little bit rocky. I initially fucking hated it when it came out, and I was hardcore, like, not a fan. We did a, I think we did a, we did, like, a Halloween franchise retrospective on my podcast, which uh, I may or may not share to people, Uh, and I kind of, you know, uh, lightened up on it a little bit. I I was like, okay, this is, you know, not as bad as I said it was, and then recently, when I did my marathon, I rewatched that movie, Halloween 2018, and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a lot better than I remember. I don't know why I went so hard on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I My history with the Halloween franchise is a little weird because I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I'm not a huge slasher guy in general, I guess I would say. So going into this franchise, like I have some interest in Michael Myers and all that, but not a ton to watch all the sequels. I've seen the first one. I think that's a fine, good movie. Honestly, it's probably in John Carpenter's top 10 movies that, uh, that I've seen personally because I've only seen 12 of John Carpenter's films, so leave that to your imaginations which ones I've seen and hasn't, but um, haven't. But that one is up there in my top 10, obviously. And I saw Halloween 2018. Uh, I saw that with Brian actually here, another Brian and our friend Noah, and we all came out of that with very mixed opinions, but I actually liked Halloween 2018, and so did my other friend Brian, but uh, like you said, you and Noah initially at first didn't, but you've come around to it now. I think, I think Noah liked it. I, I, I remember think him kind of not liking it. I think he was down the middle on it. Was he? I think he was, yeah, because he definitely tried to like defend it to me. Did he? Because he was bit. like, it's it's a, it's about this, and I was like, I just I don't like it, man. Yeah. Um. And then I've seen Halloween two and Halloween H two O, and that is as far as my investment in the series yeah. has gone. You've seen like the you know the first initial reboot of the franchise, and you've seen the best sequel. I I have a history with Halloween too, as you know. Also, if you ever listened to that podcast Brian talked about, um, you'll know what my thoughts were on. Halloween It's not 2. my best podcast it's no definitely not my I, best podcast. I think a lot of the past podcasts are not that great oh now. yeah there was a lot of ums and uhs definitely at that time yeah there's also a lot of us just like kissing while recording yeah that was that was a weird was a like weird artistic era. uh decision that we made you got me an a in my film class that's all i'll say but um so now we're I'll here to talk about a. halloween kills which this movie like we said earlier was delayed by the pandemic and jason blum's famous words were i don't care if we're still in coronavirus this is coming out in the theaters in 2021 which yeah. those comments landed halloween kills on a peacock and theater same day release which honestly is the best for it. it is the kind of the because, best for it. like there's some there's some movies that you want to see in a theater some movies that you don't horror movies i would say are definitely movies that you want to see in the theater yeah like big blockbusters and stuff uh halloween our experience of seeing it in the theater initially this new one mm-hmm. initially it was like starting out pretty rocky it was i mean we we took that lady's seats even though we clearly showed her like twice um, we were in not yeah, in her seats we fist fought her dude we did i i have definitely got some teeth like stuck in I was my hand say, i can right see now. the bite mark in your hand from yeah but, uh, but we won. Yeah, we did end up winning. But yeah, I would say it was kind of interesting to be back in a movie theater with like at least a lot more people than normal to see something like yes. this because we saw Malignant where like barely anybody was there. I think um, like three or four groups of people when yeah. it was like two or three people per group. Yeah, we saw that horror movie with Jeffrey Dean Morgan back in like February, January time oh and was nobody was in there for the that. Whole, the unholy. The unholy. Oh man, that sucked. Yeah, and just like it's been weird because obviously in this pandemic era, not everybody's going out to theaters to see movies a lot and stuff. But now that we're actually getting in the fall, theaters are starting to get semi-sort of filled. Like when I went to James Bond and IMAX, that was a completely filled theater. It actually had a lot of people in it. And then going to this one, 
I was shocked because at first it said on the thing it was a sold-out showing, and then that wasn't the case, as yeah. we found out. But there was still a lot more people in a horror movie than we had seen in a while. So yeah. it is kind of nice seeing that horror is slowly bringing people back together and stuff, but that's neither here nor there. We'll get into Halloween Kills now. I know we've been kind of fillering this. But anyways, Halloween Kills. The plot line of it is that Michael Myers survived the fire from Halloween 2018. Now he's going around Haddonfield hacking and slashing and killing people like normal. Lori is in the hospital recovering from her uh, wounds and stuff. And so members of the Haddonfield community have decided to team up and also Lori Strode's daughter and Lori Strode's granddaughter to track down Michael Myers and kill him. Evil dies tonight. So it's time to talk with the biggest Halloween fan on the planet here, Brian. When you first saw the trade. Oh yeah, Charles isn't here, my bad. But um, anyways, uh, when you first saw the trailers for this movie, you said it didn't look very good. When you heard the reviews for it at first, you thought it didn't seem very good. Now, Brian, that you have seen Halloween Kills, your thoughts on the movie is... It fucking sucks. That was expected. <laughs> no, it was actually a, a, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I would say, as of right now, my thinking is that it's definitely like on par, if not better, than the 2018 one. Ooh, that's spicy. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I have my complaints. I definitely have my complaints. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go and say right off the bat, this is, we're going to get into spoiler territory. Like, I'm not going to hold back on uh, on any spoilers or anything. We're just going to get into spoiler territory right away. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, now what does the casual fan that doesn't really like the, the franchise think? Um, it's funny that you don't like the Halloween franchise, because you look like a young Nick Castle. What is that supposed to mean? Does that mean I'm pretty? No. Oh. <laughs> no, Okay. No, it um, means you're ugly. I, I expected that. Uh, so, like I said, I think the first Halloween is fine. I think the Halloween 2018 is good and also fine. Uh, this one, I think, is okay. I will say it's okay. I went into this knowing it probably wasn't going to reach the heights that was like the first one, which that is a whole movie within itself that most of these sequels will probably never reach. Oh yeah. And then at the same time, Halloween 2018, I thought was so fine. I was like, well, they don't really have to go up from here. Like there really is no point. They could just be fine to mediocre and I'd be okay with that. But this was just okay. I think this is a mixed bag of a movie. Like you said, I have complaints about it, especially too. Um, but I'm just going to say this is okay. So you've got me and Brian's opinions on it at first. If you want to hear right, our podcast sh- is over. Podcast is over. There you go. Um, and if you want to hear our scores, cut to the ending. But yes, spoilers from here on out. Here we go. So uh, interesting choice for this movie. It actually opens yeah, up. making Michael Myers walk around in the nude. I thought it was interesting too. It was a very creative choice. You got to see all of his burn marks. You just, he was like... Props to David Gordon Green, man. I know. He is a really, like, go-getter director out there. But, um, no, the movie actually opens up uh, in 1978 in Haddonfield and stuff. It opens... Well, it it opens with Hawkins revealing to be alive, which wasn't a shock because uh, I think it's Will Patton is who played him, was all over, like, the casting for this and stuff. And I was like, oh, he's probably alive then. Uh, But he's alive at the beginning of the movie, and he's like, we gotta kill Michael, I've gotta kill Michael. And it flashes back to 1978 where... They do a pretty good job. I fucking loved that. Yeah. I, I, it genuinely, I loved that because it opens up, uh, Michael Meyer or, uh, Lonnie mm-hmm. is being bullied by these kids who, this is one of my complaints. These kids, they try to make them out to be like this, like, oh, they're like this family who, uh, you know, bullies other kids in, uh, the town or something. Uh, just by having them be like kind of dirty looking kids and they're mm-hmm. like nobody messes with the Mulaney's 
O'Doyle uh, rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I mean, essentially, that's what it was. Uh, and then, like, you know, a cop pulls up and uh, he's like, um, what are you kids doing out here? You got to, you know, go back to your house. And then it cuts to a young Frank Hawkins who is, um, he sees Michael Myers down an alley, uh, shoots at him, misses. Michael Myers essentially disappears. Mm-hmm. But I know this is going to go into the fucking theories of like, oh, can Michael Myers teleport? I fucking hate that. Uh, yeah, Michael Myers disappears and then they go uh, try and track him down. Hawkins and his buddy um, find Lonnie hidden, uh, curl- curled up on the ground because he saw Michael Myers standing there and he was like, I'm fucking going to piss myself, man. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Michael Myers goes into the house, uh, his house, which I don't know why, but I fucking hated how in the opening, I hated how the house looked because it didn't look right. It didn't look quite right in the opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like it was like digitally, uh, changed up cause the house is still up. Oh, like people actually like the house got moved over from where it originally was. Mm-hmm. That house is still up and people actually live in it. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it looks like they, like, digitally did something to make it look like it was decrepit and old or something. It looked off. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they go... Uh, Michael Myers goes into the house, and then the cops go into the house. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find him in there. And then Michael Myers does this weird thing where he, like, runs out of the closet instead of stepping out. Starts choking one of the cops. Uh, Hawkins accidentally shoots his buddy in the neck. And you get, like, this uh, kind of conflict with Hawkins where he's, like... Trying, trying to be like uh, Michael didn't technically kill again or whatever. It was, yeah. I mean, it was a really good opening though. They really did a good job recreating that opening. Yeah, they did. They even recast or, Loomis, yeah. which was a shock. Um, that I don't necessarily have an issue with, but he doesn't look quite right. There is something off. I think the voice delivery too. I was like, oh, that's not the, Donald Pleasant at all. And he doesn't. He looks. He looks like him, but not like perfectly which i didn't expect no but like he looks enough like him towards like okay kind of like how uh dr sleep yeah they recast jack nicholson and he doesn't look like him but it's like it's it's good enough to where you're like okay i can block that out i mean the the woman they got to play shelly duvall looks nothing like shelly duvall but then again how are you going to cast anybody that looks close to you gotta get someone who has that long face and yeah yeah um, but yeah, they do a really good job in this opening. It kind of felt like that's what they learned was like, oh, Dr. Sleep just recasts like iconic actors. Well, yeah. okay, we can do the same thing. And so I think it's a very good opening. And I was like, okay, this, if this is what the rest of the movie is like with this opening, it's going to be a lot better than what I thought. Yeah. I, I, I do want to say one more thing about that opening. Did you notice the Michael Myers mask looked a little bit weird in that opening? A little. It, it didn't look like the Shatner mask. No. It looked like the Halloween Kills mask the burnt up mask it looked like they took that and just painted it white and i i I did not like necessarily like how it looked because it kind of looked like one of the masks from like one of the later halloween sequels Mm -hmm. but you know it was it wasn't terrible and it was like this movie fucking sucks now yeah uh there's a opening then after that where it goes through the title card again where it's like and it's more pumpkins jack-o'-lanterns and stuff and there's a bunch of fire inside of them and then one of them is just like engulfed in fire on the inside yeah 
uh, versus 2018 where it was like this decrepit pumpkin is building itself back up to its healthy state, which yeah. is cool. So it's always fun. They play around the title cards. Um, then it opens up in the bar with that couple that was in Halloween 2018 that were going as the nurse and the doctor. And then it's all of the survivors of Haddonfield's yes. incident from 1978 are there, which well, I don't all know. The survivors, but some of the survivors. Some of the survivors. You will go into detail about this because I don't remember all yeah. their names. But So, yeah, you have uh, Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie Elam? Elam? I don't remember how it's pronounced. I don't know. Uh, who I believe is played by his original actor, which... If he is, is really interesting because he actually did a pretty good job, and I haven't seen the guy in any other things, so I don't think he's like become well known or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Tommy Doyle, who is not played by his original actor; he's played by the guy from Sixteen Candles, Anthony mm-hmm. Michael Hall. Uh, it's not a bad casting; it's just it's awkward because like you've seen this guy as a kid in movies. Yeah. <laughs> you've got uh, Lindsay Wallace, played by Kylie Richards. I mean, yeah, they brought yeah. back the original actor at least. And then you've got Nurse Marion Chambers, which, man, she's getting old. <laughs> she's, like, probably older than what Donald Pleasance was when uh, he filmed his last Halloween movie. Because she's she's getting up there in age. That wouldn't be a shock, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's the four people who, like, survived the uh, original one that they brought back. And then we get to the hospital. And we have Jamie Lee Curtis bring, being brought into her hospital room. And you see Charles Cyphers who played Annie Brackett's father in the original. Um, and he's like the security for the hospital they take her to. And he overhears them say uh, Laurie Strode, and he, he just kind of like looks over. But he doesn't interact with her at all in the movie, which is unexpected. Yeah. Because my, my hope was like, oh, he knew who Laurie was. He knew that his daughter was friends with Laurie. So I was hoping it was going to be like a nice like reconnection of like, hey, it's you know it's not your fault that Annie's dead. Or, like, yeah. But they didn't do anything like that, which was disappointing, honestly. Because yeah. Charles Cyphers looks like Santa Claus now. Um, yeah, so then we kind of cut into a little bit, like, we're opening up with this bar and stuff, and we go to the house, and I was like, okay, here's the shot from the trailer, how cool is this gonna be? Because you told me there's a petition going around to remove the firefighters (laughs) from the opening. There's a petition on change.org going around, because they want the firefighter kills removed from Halloween kills, because I guess it's, like, disrespectful to firefighters. Have you not seen any other fucking movies from this franchise they kill cops in this franchise man yeah like who gives a shit um but this was a really cool opening too because we discovered that michael was basically hiding behind a metal door where they had the guns yeah where they had the guns and he flips it up like haha fools and he breaks in the mask of this one firefighter and it's very brutal and bloody then one firefighter is reaching down like i'm gonna save you and michael must have pulled them down obviously we don't see what becomes of him then he steps outside with his little minecraft pickaxe is what I thought in my mind. It looks like it's like it's definitely something that's supposed to like break windows or doors open for the uh, firefighters, but it's a fucking pickaxe. Yeah, (laughs) and he goes out and he's just throwing this in people's face and stuff. He's breaking their heads open. He impales a guy with it, which was a really cool shot. Takes the uh, saw blade from the trailer and just probably splits a guy's skull open completely with it and stuff. Oh yeah, very cool opening. Obviously, what we want from these Halloween movies and that kill train doesn't stop. Michael also goes on multiple rampages in the movie, which we can. We can talk about one with four people in a car that was pretty spicy. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, that was a good one. So, four people in the car. We already know who these people in the car are because we got introduced to them earlier. Yeah. It is uh, Lindsay Wallace, Nurse Marion Chambers, and then the two people from the... I'm going to look up their names. The party. I, the party. Oh. Uh, 
their names aren't shown. I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, the two people who were going who were going to a party, uh, like they were just randomly shown in the in 2018. Yeah, and now they're like kind of like focal points of the movie for a little bit. Um, they're all in this car together, and then they pull up and they see some kids on a swing set. Kylie Richards gets out, walks up, and says, "Hey." What the fuck are you doing? These kids are just being little shits. Yeah. Like, they're fucking assholes. I hate these kids. Uh, eventually, they see Michael Myers standing there with a mask in his hand. And it's one of the masks from Halloween 3, if you didn't know. Mm. And uh, they're like, is that so-and-so's mask? Because their friend went off and Michael Myers fucking killed a kid. Yeah. Uh, is, there, is that so-and-so's mask? And then they start screaming. Kylie Richards tells them to go. And then what do we get? We get Michael Myers fucking killing everyone who's in that car. Yeah. Uh, Nurse Marion Chambers, or he, he jumps onto the roof of the car, uh, reference to the first movie, throws the mask onto the windshield, which is not a reference to the first movie, but it's, I mean, it's a cool it's look. It's a cool look. Uh, and then, you know, Nurse Marion Chambers is trying to shoot at him through the roof. It doesn't work because I guess Michael Myers can predict bullets. Yeah. <laughs> We get another reference to the first movie where Michael Myers smashes the window right behind Nurse Marion Chambers. And then he just fucking kills her. Yeah. He fucking kills Nurse Marion Chambers, which is the second time he's done that. He killed her in fucking, uh, what was it, H2O, I think? I, I don't remember H2O. He, he, uh, he, in the opening, I think, of H2O, he kills Nurse Marion Chambers. Uh, she's a lot younger looking in that movie. <laughs> And then, yeah, in this movie, he kills her by just stabbing her a bunch. And I didn't expect it. I genuinely, like, I had to readjust myself in my seat because I was like, this is getting interesting. This is getting good. Uh, and then the two people that were supposed to go to the party or whatever, they uh, try to fight back against Michael. The husband gets stabbed in the fucking eye. And it's like one of the more brutal kills of the movie because it's a, it's a cool kill it's fucking cool looking yeah. I, I did they do that with cg did it look practical it's probably practical i'd imagine it kind of looked like a little bit of both because i couldn't tell it was dark yeah um and then <laughs> the fucking wife of the guy tries to shoot at michael and he just kicks the door and the gun turns her it turns the gun in her face and she just shoots herself with the gun Kyla Richards is fine. Yeah, she gets <laughs> she, away. Yeah, she just fills up a uh, bag full of bricks and then beats Michael with it. Gets choked a little bit. Uh, tries to take his mask off and then runs and hides under a bridge like yeah. a troll. Michael also uh, murders two people named Big John and Little John in the yeah, movie. Yeah, Big John picks up the small knife. Little John picks up the big knife. Yeah, and uh, poor Big John gets his eyes gouged out. That's fucking brutal. It was brutal. I thought he was going to break his skull open at I, first. I was like, that would have been cool, but he It would have been cool, but I feel like that would have gone a little bit too far. Like, almost how the Sartain kill in the 2018 one, that one goes a little oh, bit too far. Oh, that one's so cool. It, it's cool looking, but it kind of goes too far, and it, like, it breaks my... Um, you know, I'm, I'm so into the movie, and then, like, it just breaks my whatever, suspension of disbelief. Because, mm -hmm. like, I don't think... I don't see Michael as a guy stomping people's heads into, like, a billion pieces with one stomp. But it was definitely a fucking brutal kill. Because he just, like... He, like, pulls his eye out with his thumb and then just keeps gouging. Yeah. After stabbing him in the armpit. Yeah. Uh, and then... Little John... Gets he, stabbed off screen. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's, like... Because he's, like... He's on his knees and he's, like, Michael... 
you came home. So these guys are probably like obsessed with Michael Myers, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and then there are other off screen kills until towards the ending a little bit more. Yeah. Um, which will... Kylie Richards just disappears from the movie. Yeah, she's just gone after like, a certain point. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, he. That's his name, right? I can't. I fucking. Yeah, the guy plays Tommy Doyle, right? Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Uh, he stays around. He's kind of like one of the leading forces of this movie. Um, Kylie Richards fucking disappears. Lonnie, he actually stays around. He His character is very depressing. Depressing, but underwritten, I will say. Really? You would say that? I would say that, especially because here... I don't know if I... Do I want to just jump into complaints? Because I feel like then we get into the cynical part of the podcast. Do you want to stay positive or can we I'm get okay with uh, doing the complaints as we go throughout the movie. Okay. So here's my thing, because they brought back all these characters from the original, right? Like you yes. had told me, like, oh, my, they're bringing back this character from my so-and-so. Big, my biggest issue when I was watching the trailer was like, oh, they're bringing back all these characters. Why? Yeah. What are these characters going to add to the movie that they didn't add before? Most of them are just kills. Yes. And uh, yes. I would say, so, for example, Lonnie in the movie is depressed, and we get bits and pieces of him, but he doesn't have a ton of screen time, and then off screen he's killed, and he's up in the attic. Yes. And I'm like, okay, well, this character didn't really have any writing. I don't give a shit. Like, he did not have an arc in any way, yes. shape, or form. Uh Another thing that kind of pissed me off was Tommy Doyle. Also, I was like, this character was so fucking cool, and I would have loved it if we got, like, a proper moment where he fights Michael one-on-one, and he's killed off-screen. Well, not off-screen. He's Off-screen a little bit. He's killed in a montage. Yes, and that bugged me so much. I'm like, you had so much fucking setup for this character. You had and the star power of yeah, Anthony Michael Hall from 16 You waste candles. his ass, and that bothers me so fucking much. Yeah. And then, like you said, Annie just goes off at a certain fucking point. I'm like, why don't you Lindsay. keep... Who's Annie? Annie's the girl from the first movie. She's Sheriff Brackett's daughter. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. What'd you Lindsay say? Wallace. Lindsay Wallace. Okay, Lindsay goes away at a certain point. I'm like, okay, that character's just fucking done, I guess. Kylie Richards had to film another season of Real Housewives. Fuck that shit. <laughs> um, and then uh, another thing that bothers me, especially, Laurie Strode is confined to the hospital in yes, this movie. Because... Uh, this was their way of making sure she didn't get killed and was able to be in the last one. Yes, and here's my thing with this. The marketing's misleading because there are several shots in the trailer that make you think, oh, she's going to go show down Michael again. And then it's all in the hospital because obviously she's wounded is the reason they uh-huh. give to her and stuff. I get that. But why the fuck would you lie to the audience about it? Because I was bored it's with her. I, yeah, I know. I was bored with her character majority of the movie because she's just basically expositing like yeah. I'm to blame for all this chaos that's been brought to Haddonfield and well, stuff. This should this should be very familiar to you because you've seen Halloween too. Lori doesn't do shit in Halloween too. You know I, you know what Lori does in Halloween too. She, she lays in a bed for most of the movie, and then when she finally starts getting chased by Michael. She goes outside and uh, gets locked outside. And then when she finally gets back in the hospital, uh, it's like 20 minutes left in the movie. I don't remember much of Halloween 2, but thank you for reminding me. So, I guess like Halloween 2, she does nothing here. Yeah, this movie was like a big reference to Halloween 2, it felt like. Because it was... Besides the the brother-sister stuff, obviously. Yes. Uh, And then there was... Which I'm... You know, I'm... I, lo- I don't mind that plot line, but I'm glad they didn't try and bring it back after completely getting rid of it in the first 2018, movie of this new, yeah. of this new trilogy. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, we were talking about Laurie Strode's lack of inclusion. Yes. Uh, I gotta think. Oh, the reason I say that this movie is kind of a big reference to Halloween 2 is because uh, in Halloween 2, we get big crowds of people mm-hmm. who, are tr- who are like angry about Michael Myers and... Uh, they don't necessarily go and start destroying his house in this movie, but in the uh, Halloween 2 they did. 
but we definitely have like crowds of people who are like angry about Michael Myers and they want to go hunt him down. Yeah. And it's also a reference to Halloween four in which we get these fucking beer gut alcoholic drunks who were at the bar. They're being told they have to go home and then they're like, we're going to go fucking hunt Michael Myers down ourselves. Yeah. So this movie is very self-referential to the franchise, which I don't mind, but do it. They did do it better. I think you think, okay. Yes. Um, and then Will Patton is alive in this and also does nothing, which I know it's just for the third movie because they just set him and Laurie are like going to go team up and take down Michael. But yes. again, his character's inclusion to me is just kind of weird because they do like try to set up, oh, well, he feels guilty because he shot another fellow officer by mistake trying to his kill Michael. His character has two things in this movie. He feels guilty about not shooting Michael and then accidentally shooting his uh, buddy. Yep. And he love him and Laurie have like a relationship that they wish they would have had but they never pursued yeah because Lori was all you know she was messed up for most of her life because she uh survived that yeah and that's about all that hawkins has and pretty much all that Lori has like Lori has a little bit more to do but it's about all that both of them have Lori gets so much and like there's a scene where there's chaos going on in the hospital and she's just trying to warn people like that's clearly not michael like this yeah. dude that is in the white initially she suit. thinks it is initially she's like is it michael is it michael and then and uh tommy doyle's like yeah it's him and they that's, start chasing him it's not fucking michael that's another an, thing that bothered me but we'll get into that in a bit i fucking hate mob mentality stuff in i do too this shit pisses me it off pisses man. me the fuck off because yeah. it, like it makes me so uncomfortable because it's like this person didn't do anything wrong and they're mm-hmm. just being chased for no reason. Yeah. It makes me feel bad for the person, which I guess that's the point. The point is that, is that the you're whole supposed point to be angry. Yeah. You're supposed to um, feel bad for the person. But like... They can even... Okay. And- this is... All right. Content warning. The person jumps out the window and commits suicide. Yes. And it's like fuck that's fucked up because this is a mental patient dude yeah like he didn't know what he did wrong he was he was scared and he just jumped out the window and i think that's kind of something that bugs me a little bit is how the movie treats a scenario like that that's that's fucked up first off do not first of all and then they they just like they didn't try and be like oh we feel bad it's like we're the monsters now that yeah and that's the conclusion they come to see that's the shit that bugs me about this movie is the writing choices like shit like that is not greatly written and it bugs me so much and also uh this guy is not the same size as michael myers no he's (laughs) at all he's a very like he's like a danny devito looking motherfucker he's a portly short man i know and they also know he wears the blue jumpsuit and mask and i know they're like well we we don't know what he looks like about the mask they've seen him I'm pretty sure Tommy Doyle, uh, maybe he doesn't. In this movie, he might not. So they might think, some of the people might think he's still. But, like, the thing is, how did Judy Greer not try to yell louder to convince these people? Or how did Tommy Doyle, because Tommy Doyle figured it out after Judy Greer said, hey, that's not fucking Michael. Yeah. How did Tommy Doyle not just try and yell? Because Tommy Doyle would at least have a louder yell. How did Charles Cyphers not shoot his gun in the air and say, hey, that's not fucking Michael? I know. But it's just it was just a it's an uncomfortable it's trying scene. to be shocking it's trying to be shocking and it's not well written it's not yes. a very good sequence and we talked about the effects why. were cool the effects were cool <laughs> in that but we talked about why like they do some fucked up shit with the mental patient and it's a very badly written thing that they come to yes. the conclusion of after he has killed himself sadly and in my opinion i feel like the inclusion of the mental patient was definitely unnecessary just because like i know the bus crashed in 2018 mm-hmm. and i know that they might not have necessarily found all the patients yeah. but they don't bring it up at all no until this movie when it's shown on tv yeah and 
They even show the picture of that mental patient, and they don't mention that he could be Michael Myers. No. At all. And I'll agree with your point there. It just feels so unnecessary in a way. Um, but was he the one that was fixated with the parasol? Okay, because I'm trying to remember 2018. Parasol. So remember when they go out to the, the chess game that they're playing on the board with all the patients, remember? Oh. Uh, that was a joke from the original podcast we made. And, um, like, fucking shit. All, all of them are lined up on the different little, like, a board piece and stuff, and Dr. Sartain's like, that one has a fixation with shoelaces, that one likes his parasol and stuff, and Michael's in oh, the middle. Fuck. Yeah, because I was I'm like... I'm gonna have to go back and look. Because there's a shot earlier with the one nurse lady where she, she like, opens up. an umbrella... And a I was white like, umbrella. Yeah, and I was like, oh, is that a reference to where we yes. first, like, see him and stuff? Which, I guess, that doesn't matter at all now. But Because yeah. I didn't know if something with an umbrella was going to be involved. No, it was no. just... And I will say one thing. That character, when he was officially introduced as a red herring, I didn't mind. Because he takes their car, and he drives it, and wrecks it, and then he goes and hides. Yeah, I... I didn't mind that. I thought it was going to be, like, a Coleman Domingo thing in Candyman where, like, he was one of Michael's henchmen. Like, I have to do Michael's bidding. And I would have been no. like, no, don't do that, that's please. A, that's Halloween 6, Hayden. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this franchise? Have you, oh, okay. So, Michael doesn't have henchmen in Halloween 6. He's part of a cult. Oh, what the fuck is this franchise? Uh, but, like, I genuinely, like, I didn't mind that that character was a red herring when he was because, like, he mm-hmm. hid in the car. And we got a nice reference where she's wiping off the, uh, whatever that is, on the windshield and stuff. And, uh, like, that was a nice reference. And I liked that he got away. We didn't need to bring him back. No. And the fact that he was, because people know Michael Myers doesn't talk. Yeah. That's a big thing with Michael Myers. He doesn't talk. This guy was coming in, help me! Yeah. Help me! Michael Myers doesn't fucking talk. No, it's it's a badly written sequence. Um, yes. And I guess, uh, I'm trying to think what else I can just get off my chest here a little bit and stuff. Well, Final montage. The final montage bugs me a lot, too, because initially, which we'll lead into that, I guess, a little bit later. Yeah, just, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going throughout the, the plot. So, like we said, Lori's in the hospital and stuff. Will Patton's brought in that, and basically Pam Greer's. Oh, yeah. Lori Stroke gets, like, punched by a doctor. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I, I don't get that. But Judy Greer gets knocked over by a doctor. Yeah. Uh, the sheriff uh, in this movie, who is, like, a black guy with a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm artistic choice with the cowboy hat i guess yeah uh he really gets nothing to do other than be like hey i'm the sheriff i'm here. the sheriff here it's uh, high noon. yeah like there's just so many people that they reintroduce from the first of this new trilogy yeah that it doesn't necessarily like the fucking the boy the husband and wife who mm-hmm. the black the black husband and wife who get killed yeah they're not necessarily needed to be brought back because no. nobody gave a shit. The they're little just, kid. They're kills that are cool. That's about it. Yeah, the little kid from the first movie whose babysitter gets killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice that they brought him back for that news interview, but like... Why? Yeah. yeah. Uh, for some reason, Tommy Doyle grabs a, a baseball bat that says Old Huckleberry on it. Why? Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I will say, so when they first hear about Michael Myers being loose and stuff, it is cool that Tommy steps up because this, like you said, is where his character builds up and it's yeah. nice at first. Because I don't know a thing about Tommy Doyle from the original other. He was a little kid, right? That, yeah, that's it. And, oh, oh, he is in the sixth one. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's played by Paul Rudd. Oh, that's right. That's the Paul Rudd movie. Okay. Um, yeah. But I do like that he steps up as a leader and he's like getting the town together. Like we're stronger in numbers. How have we not figured this out? Like Michael yeah. can't kill a mob of us, which we'll get into the ending. Um, but I like how that progresses. And then he becomes leader. Like I'm going to split you guys off into packs. Just go and find yeah. Michael. Alert us if he you know he's in is the area. 
Laurie Strode. Basically, yeah. Because Laurie Strode's not doing shit in this movie. So yep. he's taking over for Laurie Strode. He's saying, he gets all these people, and he's like, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. Yeah. And that's some nice development. It is, It's yeah. a shame what they do to his character. It is. It really <laughs> is. Um, and then the granddaughter, whose name escapes me at Allison. the moment, Allison, um, Allison, she wants to get revenge because obviously her father was murdered and Pam Greer's husband is murdered in the movie. And so she feels an obligation like, well, we've got to destroy evil. Evil has to die here tonight. We have to do something about it. Yeah. And so she goes with the dickhead boyfriend from the first one. Who uh, she give, she forgives him because she's had a traumatizing night, which is kind of fucked up. Kind of fucked up, yeah, because he, <laughs> he did some fuck shit in the first movie. Yeah. Like, Basically, yeah. Was it cheating on he, her? He was flirting with and kissing the girl. He yelled at her, um, took her phone when her grandma was calling her, mm-hmm. took her phone and threw it into some pudding. And then his buddy tried to kiss her when he was drunk. And then he got stabbed through the cheek, the, yep. the chin. Yep. This is a good franchise. This is a great franchise. Um, but, uh, I lost my train of thought. Where was I? Boyfriend. Oh, Allison. boyfriend. So uh, Lonnie, the boyfriend, Allison, Tommy Doyle, and all them, and some other people, yeah. uh, which we talked about the earlier, that died. Cameron. Cameron, something like that. I don't know. But they all team up to track down Michael Myers. And like we said, they go their separate ways. That car sequence happens. And then uh, there's this gay couple in the movie that lives together in the Strode household. Um, we already we did already mention them. In the Myers house. Oh, in the Myers house. We yeah, did mention we them We did mention them, Big John and Little John. Yeah. Um, and they have, a, I guess, a comedic bit where, like, these kids pull a prank on them and stuff. And which then, is the kids from the playset. Yeah, and they, he, it's kind of comedic in a way. Like, I kind of laughed at it a little bit. Because I will admit, the comedy in this is all over the place for me. Yes. Kind of like the original. <laughs> yes. And uh, what's the guy's name that did Eastbound and Down that also helped write this? It's David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. Danny McBride. I love Danny McBride. Uh, I feel like it was like definitely a lot of like David Gordon Green trying to keep the movie serious and Danny McBride trying to throw some comedic elements. That, that is a Danny movie, McBride thing. Yeah. The first movie, there's not a lot of there's not really any comedic elements. There's like a couple. Oh, the dad uh, is like the whole comedic thing. Remember Sheriff Brackett. And Sheriff Brackett, like the dad. I'm talking about the t- 1978. One. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought you Sher- meant 2018. Uh, well, the 2018 one does have comedic moments, yeah. and those are actually executed well. Yeah, because you have are. the cops who are sitting in the car, and the guy's like, "Here's what I brought," and he's got like pudding and a brownie. You're like, "That's like what a six year old would pack." And like, there's good comedic elements in that movie. This one, it feels like some of the comedic elements were done to try to mimic what the first, what the 2018 one had, mm-hmm. poorly. Yeah, a lot poorly. Um, and so as the this is going on throughout the movie and stuff, and Cameron's with them and all that, it is. Not really that their relationship has grown back together because, like you said, she's traumatized and just forgives him and stuff. But, yeah. like, there's a moment where, like, when Cameron's going up to the house to investigate his dead dad, Lonnie, he's, like, going through it. And I'm like, okay, is he going to step up and be, like, uh, the hero here and stuff? Or is he, like, going to come out of his shell and be brave? Because in the first movie, he does, like, make himself out to be, like, this brave, cocky boyfriend. And then we see, like... He- yeah, he makes himself out kind of to be, like, a cool guy. A cool guy, yeah. And then when he gets confronted by Allison, he kind of, like, he's shown to be, like, a bitch. Yeah, and then Michael <laughs> comes out of the closet, and I th- I imagine any person that sees Michael Myers is like, oh, shit, and running the other way. But, like, he just basically breaks down, and Michael gives him a brutal fucking yes. kill. Uh, and I think it's a little too brutal for him, but in a way, like, Michael it, it's just supposed, kills. I feel like it's supposed to be, like, that redemption thing where it's like, oh, the way he treated Allison in the first one. That's true. He's getting his payback. Yeah. Uh, Michael's getting the payback for her. Um, that being said, it was fucking brutal because uh, he tries to shoot him, and then Allison comes out and tries to shoot him. Yeah, Allison gets knocked down the stairs. 
after stabbing Michael a couple times, she gets knocked down the stairs, and then fucking Cameron just gets thrown around a lot, and then Michael <laughs> breaks his head through the railing uh, at the top of these stairs, and just keeps banging his head up and down, stabbing his neck through each of the parts where it broke through, cool kill. swinging it side to side, like banging his head side to side, like breaking his neck, yeah. and then <laughs> Michael comes around, starts walking down the stairs, looks over at the head, fucking twists his head around... Yeah. Which was, oh man, it was so cool. If you can't tell, we hate all the Michael Myers moments in these movies. Yes. We just He's hate the worst all the kills, He's as you so can tell. talkative. Yeah, he just talks all the time. He He's cracking one-liners. He keeps doing these quippy one-liners. Like, Snap Cameron's neck. Cougar. He's like, he's getting ahead of himself. And I was like, oh, Michael. But, um... <laughs> I do like the sequence where he goes after Allison and she has fallen down the stairs, broken her leg and stuff. And she's trying to confront him in a way, but Michael's overpowering her. And then Pam Greer comes in and she takes off. do it as he's yeah. trying to push the knife into her. Pam Greer comes in at the last second to take off his mask. And as Stabs we all know. Stabs him with a pitchfork. Yeah. Stomps on his head and then takes off his mask. And she's like, you want it? Yeah. You want Come your mask? I fucking... That was the part in the trailer where I was like, eh. And in the movie, it's not much better. No. Because it's like... Oh, come here. Oh, I took your mask, little kitty. You want your mask back? I, it just feels so childish. It does. Um, uh, I mean, it has its purpose because it gets Michael to, like, the town hall meeting. <laughs> basically. Uh, it's like a big circle of people who are just basically going to beat up Michael. It was a good trap, I will admit. It and was well thought out. It was a good version because you're like, oh, are they, like, going to kill Michael? Because they, like, you know, he doesn't have his mask on. He puts the mask on. He goes to stab somebody. And they just start, like, beating him, shooting him. Uh, Pam Greer grabs the knife and stabs him. Nobody goes for the head, which kind of bugs me a little bit. Should have gone for the head. Should have gone for the head. And even when they have him him on the ground, just put some extra shots in the fucking skull, guys. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, But it is a... It's like a, it's a decent subversion. Like you knew Michael wasn't gonna be dead because there's another fucking movie coming out. Yeah. Well, unless they kill him in this and then they set up somebody else's Michael, which that was a theory in the back of my mind. It's like, oh god, please don't, because then I have no interest in Halloween kills. Yeah, or ends. I, I kind of knew they weren't gonna do that because you don't want a repeat of Friday Thirteenth Part Five. Um, you haven't seen it, but no. basically, Freddy or uh, fucking Jason's dead, oh. and uh, there's a copycat killer. It's a guy who was wearing a mask with the blue chevrons instead of red chevrons oh um he's basically killing people because his son was murdered well, good thing they kept michael alive then yeah. right um but yeah i knew they weren't gonna bring michael myers like with a different person playing him or like any of that cult of thorn stuff from the thorn trilogy uh and i knew that the next movie was probably was definitely gonna have him but i still had that thought in my mind was like is michael fucking dead like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are they doing here? Yeah. And then as soon as Michael Meyer, like, Pam Greer walks back over to Allison. She's all the way across the street with uh, where Allison is, so she doesn't see it. But Michael Myers basically just, like, shoots right up and starts killing people. Mm-hmm. And it's disappointing. It is Because it's all done in a montage, cutting back and forth between L- Laurie Strode, who's, like, giving a monologue, uh, Pam Greer, I fucking, I can never remember her name. Allison, and then the killing with uh, Michael Myers, and it's like and it's Tommy, such a weird mon- montage. It's a bad montage, and then weirdly enough, Pam Greer goes back into the house at the ending. Yeah, she like looks back and sees Cameron dead. Uh, or she looks in the window and yeah. sees young Michael Myers, six year old Michael Myers, looking out the window. Yeah, which is some fucking I don't even know shit. Friday the Thirteenth shit, and then she 
looks up, sees the dead Lonnie, sees Cameron, walks into um, his Michael's sister's room, which I can't remember her name right I now. I don't either. Uh, and then just stares out the window. And we get a moment in the movie that I don't necessarily like because how did he get there so fast without teleporting? Uh, Michael Myers appears behind her and stabs her a bunch of times. Which, something I noticed, if you've seen the original, uh, when Michael's stabbing his sister, like, the motion, you it doesn't look like he's stabbing her because of the motion. Yes. They bring that back here a little bit with that the, same arm I, gesture. I noticed that. I didn't, I didn't notice. Uh, I'll, I mean, if I see it again, which I definitely will at some point, I'll have to pay attention to that. I just know that I don't like that. I'm hoping that it was maybe just, like, you know... I, f- I fucking hate that it was a dream thing mm-hmm. in movies, but maybe it was like she was, you know, passed out or something, or Allison dreamt it or something. Because I, I, I want them to bring back Judy Greer, not Pam Greer. We kept Why saying are we Pam saying Greer. Pam Greer. I wonder. Uh, we're really big fans of Jackie Brown. Must be. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Judy I, Greer. I apologize for us saying Pam Greer. Yeah. Uh, Judy Greer. I, I hope they bring her back because I definitely think her her character sucks, mm-hmm. but she's an important part of the movies at this yeah. point. Well, I wonder if her death is going to make Lori even more vengeful now. And Allison. And Allison. And which, Cameron's death will make Allison more vengeful. And and, and Hawkins will. That do mental Hawkins. patient's death will. Wait, Tommy Doyle's dead, so who is that going to affect, really, uh, besides Sheriff Brackett? Lori. Maybe Lori. Brackett's dead. He oh, that's right, he slit. is dead, he is dead. Tommy's dead, Lindsay's technically still alive. So who the fuck's affected by the hospital scene? Then? Oh god, we found another hole. <laughs> um, I feel like the hospital scene was just, was just kind of put there as like a, you know, a good. subversion, because Michael Myers was able to go kill more people, so the town's all focused on this one guy. They're not stopping Michael Myers. No, I and feel it- like... We already talked about how bad that scene Oh, it is. I'm not um, trying to bring it back. I'm just saying what it, I think it's meant yeah, to be. Yeah, but the movie ends with Judy Greer's death, and it's like, ooh. You mean Pam Greer. <laughs> uh, and, you know, talking about Halloween Kills is interesting because I'm sure a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast and go, this just sounds garbage. But I will say... If, it's a fun movie. It, it can be fun when you see the kills on screen and stuff. And technically-wise, like, technicality-wise, it's not bad either. It's still it's well shot. shot. It's shot as well as 2018. The editing is a little so-so at You get the fucking great recreation of 1978 Haddonfield. Yeah, that feels like a carpenter thingy a little bit where he probably steps in and was like, guys, you can do this better if you just I don't try and know. Recreate. I just know that Michael, aside from the mask looking a little bit wonky, Michael looks fucking great. Great. Could have been that's Carpenter's touch there. You never know. Maybe. I'm not sure. I just Besides know that, the music that, that 1978 yeah. recreation was fucking great. Besides the music that kicks ass. He did the music? I'm pretty sure he did the music for this one, too. The fuck? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know John Carpenter makes music. I thought he just died. Yeah, you're right. Wait, is... Oh, my no, gosh. What year is it? <laughs> um, but the yeah. weird thing that about this movie is like you don't really think about it but it takes place in 2018 it does and now the next one is going to take place in modern day and have apparently yes and be very political with COVID-19 ties according to David Gordon Green fuck knows if he's fucking around or not I really hope he is because I I don't that just sounds like a bad ending dude you you can include politics into horror movies yes but I want my dumb slashers man I know and I 
the ending should just be Lori v. Michael like we all want. And sure, you got Allison now as a part kill of Michael, it. Kill Michael, man. Just kill, kill Michael. Michael and end the I don't know why this... I, I complained about it to you as we were on our way to see this movie. Yeah. I don't know why this fucking franchise has an obsession with sh- with wanting Michael Myers unmasked. I don't either. It's it, there's There was two things. The 2018 one, it was like, I want Michael to talk, Michael, say something. Mm-hmm. And then the whole franchise, almost every single movie, Michael Myers gets his mask taken off or he takes it off. Yep. I don't like that because, like, this movie, it sucks even more because it shows, like, uh, almost the dehumanization of him. And, like, it, it makes him look weak when he's getting beat down. Yeah. Too. Like, it, it makes him less scary. Mm-hmm. Because when you're having this 60-year-old man have a Judy Greer be like, you want your mask, little boy? Yeah. It, it is kind of, you know, bad in a way, or it does make Michael Myers feel a little bit lesser. But... I really hope that this new movie is just all bullshit from David Gordon Green because if Halloween ends is what he is alluding it to be, is Michael Myers going to die of COVID in the next movie where they're going to be like, you're anti-vax, Michael. You're going to die of coronavirus at 60. And then Michael Myers dies of COVID. And that's how the franchise ends. I just can't believe that they changed his name to Michael Halloween. That is weird. Halloween kills. It's a weird retcon choice. Yeah, I mean, fucking how many movies later and they change it to Michael Halloween? I know, it's so strange. But Halloween Kills, uh, we, yeah, this was about the review I expected, I would say. Yeah, it was a rocky road. Very rocky Rocky road road. watching this movie. Um, Uh, Could have done without bringing all those people back and just killing them off right away. Uh, Marion Chambers deserved better, um, even though she was like the smallest part of the first movie Mm -hmm. and the second movie. Yep. Uh, and H2O. Um, that bringing back Loomis with that actor, I mean, I didn't mind it. Uh, you you could use the same argument that I used for Dr. Sleep, where he's remembering it wrong. Could be. Um, <laughs> uh, you've got fucking Tommy Doyle. Like, his inclusion could have been better. Because you get that scene where he meets up with Lori in the hospital. Yeah. And they're talking. And, like, you could have done so much better because he takes up the Lori Strode role. Yeah. Uh, you c- could have done better with Lonnie. His fucking depression and alcoholism. You could have done so much better with that. I know. Or but given him a character. <laughs> his character was that he's a depressed alcoholic, Hayden. Or a better arc for his character. Yes. Because <laughs> killing him off like that was uneventful. Very. Uh, who else gets... Uh, Charles Cyphers. You could have done more with his character. You, I mean, he is also like 80. That's true. <laughs> so really all you could have done is be like, Michael! <laughs> is that ageist? Nah. I think we'll let it slide. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll have to ask the higher-ups of this podcast. That's true. We'll have to ask the higher-ups. Um, but yeah, I would I would agree with some of those points. I feel like they waste a lot of characters they bring back. There's a sequence in the hospital involving a mental patient that is not well written at all, and the logic they it's come out fucking, of with that sequence oh, it, bad. It angered me. It's so bad. Um, and I understand that it was supposed to anger you, probably, and I understand that it was supposed to make you feel bad for him, but that doesn't mean it was good. Yeah. Uh, the sequence at the ending with the montage bothered me a lot. I kind of hate the way they just wasted some character potential and stuff. I hate how manipulative this marketing was to make you think Lori was going to do something and then she does I'm jack not, shit oh, the whole the movie. Was so manipulative. Yeah, and how also Will Patton does nothing in the entire movie also besides they give him more back, like, back... Story. Story character and stuff. But... I don't know. I guess for the most part, I'm going to give it a solid 5 out of 10 for right now because it does have those kills I expected. It is at least competently shot and directed, but, like, 
I'm kind of stuck here a little bit because we are opening up more holes as we talk about this movie, which I don't know if that's going to mean it ages worse for me going on on second revisit or if it gets better, we won't know. But it's a very down the middle five out of ten right now for me, which I guess you can give your synopsis. I don't know if you're doing ratings still. I mean, you are on Letterboxd for some yeah, horror do, movies I'll right do, now. I'll, but... I'll do I'm, I, I definitely am still wavering in my mind what my rating is. Mm -hmm. uh, so depending on how my Letterboxd review goes, I could be set in stone one or the other okay but you know i i like the movie the kills were fucking amazing the score great uh i thought that the general michael myers stuff was awesome i thought some to most of the character stuff was good um could have done without all the ex the you know introduction of all the characters from the original halloween um Unless they were going to be done better. Like, Tommy Doyle, his character was actually kind of good for a while. Uh, Lonnie could have been a little bit better, could have been a little bit more written, but I, I, I liked his character still. Okay. Um, Lindsay Wallace was kind of pointless. Marion Chambers, kind of pointless. Charles Cyphers, kind of pointless. Uh, Laurie Strode, kind of pointless. Frank Hawkins, kind of pointless. <laughs> Really, it was the young people that were important. Yeah, that's about uh, it. I liked that the town was rallying up, but I wish they would have actually chased after Michael and not this uh, innocent mental patient who was scared for his life. I like that Judy Greer helped the mental patient uh, to the best of her ability. Um, I don't know why she locked him in the doors by himself. Uh, feels like she could have done that better. Pam Greer would have done better. Probably. <laughs> uh, that being said, my current... So ratings that I'm wavering between is a six or a seven. Okay, that's fair. Um, I know I said I might have liked it better than Halloween 2018. Right now, it's unsure. <laughs> it might not have been as good as Halloween 2018, but it's definitely in that era of range of six or seven. Okay, which I was I was like, is Brian gonna give like a serious review for Halloween Kills, or is it gonna be Cumween or something like that? Because uh, if you don't Halloween follow Brian. Yeah, if you don't follow Brian on Letterboxd, sometimes he'll type out an actual review. If it's a new movie that I don't necessarily, like, care to give a full review to, I'll just make it be, like, the name of the movie with, like, a... With some kind of, like, cum-based pun. Mm -hmm. Uh... I, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, uh, that was one of them. Godzilla vs. Uh, King Cum or something, I think, was yep. one of them. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'll type out full reviews. Like, lately I've been doing full, proper reviews of the Halloween... Uh, most horror movies. Most horror movies because it's October. I'm watching a lot of horror movies. Yeah. Uh, night, Friday the 13th. Um, this one, I'm probably going to do a serious review. Okay. I'm going to type out my actual thoughts just because I did my rankings of the franchise and I need to include this movie in my rankings and I yep. want to have a genuine review. Yep. And you'll have this to listen back to. Halloween you, comes. You'll have this to listen back to if you need to hear any of your points no, I hate again. your podcast. That's true. <laughs> Even though a long time ago, and you're like, I only listened to the episodes with me, and I'm I like, oh. Did say that. Um, that being said, I might, I might actually, you know, post a link to my Halloween podcast of of my podcast, Rewind Replays. I might post a link to that in some of my Discord servers, just to you know share it around and let people know like how my thoughts were at a certain point with the franchise and what they are now. Yeah, yeah. Because that is 2019, 20. 20, 2019, I think it was, was that podcast. Yeah, that was a while ago. But that being said, that concludes our talk of Halloween Kills. Brian, uh, we don't know when you'll be back. I know there are horror movies. Oh, there's a chance I'll be back soon. There was a chance I'll be back soon. Okay, but... Uh, we've There was a new movie announced. 
uh, some people know what it is. Should I go ahead and say it? Go ahead. There's a new Scream movie called oh, yeah. Scream. Yeah, I forgot about that. Coming out. I thought you were um, going to say something like Last Night in Soho. Or that, oh, that might be a movie I come back for, too. Uh, I, know, I know I told you that I intend to only come back for horror movies. Horror movies, yep. Uh, and that is, if it's a horror movie that I think is worthy, like Halloween, mm-hmm. which is my favorite franchise, if I think it's worthy enough, I think uh, is when we'll... I'd hope. And I'd I wish we would have done one for Malignant, because I think that would have been, been, been a good one That would have been a about. funny one. Yeah, I wish we would have, uh, But I feel like we were just so... We thought it was so funny at the time that we were just like, let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and hopefully Edgar Wright's new movie is worth talking about. Yes. Uh, this, the new Scream movie got announced. I'm definitely going to be interested in talking about that. I'm going to rewatch all of them yeah. maybe a couple times. Who fucking knows? You introduced to me some new Ethan Hawke movie with phones. The Black Phone, I think is what it's called, where Ethan Hawke plays a a person called the grabber who was like a magician who kidnaps kids and then all of the kids he's previously kidnapped uh are like they're like in the phone or something and because they're all dead uh and he these kids are like calling the phone and like explaining to this new kid that was kidnapped like how he can escape like telling him all the stuff he can do like pack the phone with dirt and beat him with it and uh i scratched into the wall what the code is for the um block and everything so like it's just a, it kind of looks like, the way I explained it didn't sound very good, but if you watch the trailer, you would understand. It looks like a ripoff of It. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we unfortunately didn't get to see the trailer when it showed before Halloween Kills because there were some people trying to complain about us being in their seats, even though we pre-ordered our tickets and we were in the right seats. <laughs> yeah, we were, but thank goodness that it's over with. Yes. You got some teeth in your knuckles, but it's yes, over with. Yes, and my hand is covered in blood. I have a huge knife mark in my face yeah but we got i don't know seats. why they had a knife i don't know either they're big halloween fans you know Michael she was Myers. wearing a halloween shirt that's true that's true. and they talked during the movie which i found fucking annoying <laughs> they screamed I, a lot <laughs> there were several times where uh during the movie where i thought I, I saw something that was like i thought was cool or funny and i would just like turn my head over at hayden and he didn't even look at me and i was like man i, I miss our old dynamic <laughs> i was zoned into it for so long and plus i was still pissed off that they were trying to kick us out of our seats yeah uh, it took about like 30 minutes for me to be like because that definitely got me into the mindset of like okay this is the fucking movie now and yeah. <laughs> like this this is the mindset i needed to be in for this movie because i really enjoyed it it made it made my mood better yeah um, kills were fucking great man. yeah that being said though uh next time i'll be back with somebody is for dune and i know everybody is crawling and scratching and just wants to talk about dune let me take some time to figure out yes. who the hell i even wants to talk about dune um, um I might be in for Soho. I might not. Who knows? Yeah, well, I, d- I plan to be in for Scream. I doubt we're going to do a review for The Black Phone. It could, unless it it's work. bad or good enough. Unless it's so bad or unless it's so good. Yes. Scream, I'm not having high expectations for because it's a fuck you, it's January movie. Yep. But the guys... No Matthew Lillard either, so how can it be good? <laughs> the guys who are making it are very passionate, so there's a chance it could be good. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. They've apparently rewatched all the Scream movies several times in preparation. Awesome. So that being said, you have a lot to look forward to in the future of this podcast. Thank you, Brian, for coming back as usual and for talking about your favorite franchise today. Do you have any final remarks before we end it here? Uh, I will be back for Halloween Ends. That's true. He is already booked for Halloween Ends, so sorry to anybody that wanted to talk about Halloween Ends. Fuck you, Charles. Damn. Shots fired. But that being said, that will conclude this episode of Aiden's Entertainment Hour. We shall see you guys next time.